it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day, he vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is now. The OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother. Testify. On Play Like a Jet Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year podcast on the Play Like a Jet Network. I am your host, Brian Bassett, and you can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. With me, as always, are Travis Milton, who you can find on Twitter at Dash 37 Board 27, and Josh Conrad, who you can find on Twitter at Josh underscore Conrad. Fellas, the Jets played the New England Patriots. And it looked like a valiant effort in the first half, but the wheels came off quickly in the second half of that contest. I, I definitely want to talk about the negative things and I want to hear how you're feeling, but I I want to talk about the positive things first. So Travis, when you watch that game, what were the positives as you watch that game unfold or gave you hope as you think about the rest of the season? I think the biggest positive over the first two games is our uh, our cornerbacks, our defensive backs. I don't think anyone gave any of them a chance. Everyone was was ready to pull the fire alarm going into the season. And I had all my faith in the world in, in Bryce Hall. Uh, also, don't ever, don't ever search him on Twitter. Apparently, there's another dude named Bryce Hall. Oh, no. Oh, no. That does some really weird stuff. Um, it's, it's, it's not, um, a, it's, it's, I'm going to check it right now. I'm going to check it really right opening twitter.com. And what I did was I, I searched the name Bryce Hall to see who was talking yeah. about Bryce Hall. And I was like, Oh my God, 
Uh, I'm finding. Let me search that from your company oh, laptop. Okay. There, Brian. Yeah, dude has one. Yeah, it is my company laptop. That's fine. Uh, one point five, one point four million followers. So, whoever this dude is, I don't. I haven't seen anything that he's talking about yet. But um, uh, man, it's not good. It might. It might be a little bit buried. But right after the game, when Ooh. I was looking, that he he had just done something that people were looking for leaked photos of. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, all right, but but to digress, I mean, Carter to Carter the second. I mean, I yeah. swear, like he's playing great. I thought Eccles even looked good yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gidry looked his way injury, better yeah. than he did the first game. Hall mm-hmm. locked it down between Carter and Hall. I, I I I can't remember the exact stat, but I looked at it yesterday, and the wide receivers for the Patriots had total sixty six yards against those two. Um, everything happens, you know. Uh, run game short passes which i think we all knew was going to happen um but you know they they locked it down you know linebackers safeties we all know safeties is a bad thing but my biggest thing i mean the 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 cornerbacks have played lights out for for as as young as they are yeah i mean i I agree i think the secondary is is a welcome surprise i i certainly think the defense did the best they could um, while they could, but certainly you can't hold it against them when, you know, they just keep going out there on kind of, you know, surprise, got to get back on the field. So all in all, uh, I was, I was impressed. Even if you don't look at the scoreboard, I would just say generally they were playing some, some strong football and a lot to be, a lot to be proud of when you think about how inexperienced these guys are. Josh, what about you? What did you see that gave you some hope? Yeah, I, I mean, similarly, probably on the defensive side of the ball, you know, Robert Sala coming in seems Mm -hmm. to have already had an immediate impact, um, even just on this, everything Trav just said, um, and then some. I mean, even a guy like C.J. Mosley, you feel like, all right, we kind of know what he is, what he's going to be, and seeing Robert Sala implement some of his defensive schemes probably just been a lot, especially a lot in that cornerback room, um, the defensive back room during during training camp i mean you feel like you see his fingerprints already like it's already taken on the identity of like we're not going to lose games because our defense sucks um and yesterday it, despite the scoreboard they did not lose that game because the defense sucked <laughs> like other than the damian harris superman beast mode run like they played a very great game like they really did um and didn't get the turnovers they needed and all that stuff but um, I'm, I'm really, really pleasantly surprised with the defensive side of the ball so far. Um, maybe not playing two offensive juggernauts in the Panthers and the Patriots, but, um, you know, to not lose the game on that side of the ball felt like a breath of fresh air a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, that's a 40 point loss, not a, not a sub 20 point loss. So, um, I, I was certainly, um, feeling really good defensively yesterday as well. Yeah. I mean, they've held opponents to 44 points in two games now, you know, (laughs) It's not like they're playing world beater offenses yet. I mean, some teams are scoring that in a, you know, single games uh, alone, but, you know, Carolina has some weapons. Uh, You know, we know about the coaching staff in New England, even if they have a young quarterback. Um, I, I was similarly, yeah, I was impressed with the defense. I certainly think when this team goes up against a good quarterback with good you know, or great, you know, skill position players, like it's going to get more dicey. Uh, But yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I would expect from a first year coach and a first year system. Um, But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I was really impressed with, you know, the way Gidry kind of 
bounced back uh, off the first game. And Michael Carter, I mean, he had a tackle for loss and you know eight tackles. Overall, this group is going to you know put up a decent year, I think, and give them a basis with to work off you know for future years. Now, maybe these players don't always stay starters, you know, for the entirety of their career. But, you know, when you have this kind of base and then you could add, you know, a priority free agent or a, you know, early draft pick that would, you know, slide right in. I mean, that's, that's good when you think about the future years, but even in the, in the meantime, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, there, there's a lot of hope there when, when I think about getting to watch this group, it's going to be a fun group to watch this year. And then, you know, also, I mean, you know, Sheldon Rankins had a good game and then, you know, I have just been nothing but impressed from, um, John Franklin Myers. Just, I understand there's not a lot of expectations I have for this guy, but all he has done so far is kind of stack success on success in terms of, you know, his practices and in the preseason and now in the regular season. So, that's the kind of player that you want to see, you know, someone who's a late round pick um, start to start to emerge. Uh, what about on the offensive side of the balls, Travis, on the offensive side of the ball, Travis, was there anything there specifically that you that you liked or uh, appreciated? Um, I mean, the run blocking was was actually really, really good. Um, the offensive line played really well in the running game. Uh, I think every all three of our running backs that played had an over uh, five yard per carry average. And that's, you know, that's, that's pretty damn good. Um, passing game, you know, it was, it was a little better. It was little, a uh, little sloppy. I saw my boy, Connor, Connor dog shit McGovern uh, on the ground <laughs> more than I would have liked. And that was, that was immediately when I shot that text out. He, yeah. Uh, he lost leverage, got feet, and then uh, delayed blitz from a linebacker came through. It luckily it wasn't a sack, but it was still a you know uh, a, a play that did not go very well. Uh, but yeah, I mean Van Roten played like Van Dog shit as well. But Fant looks good, <laughs> um, even though he is in a, a spot that is very unnatural to him. Moses looked great. Um, Vera Tucker, I thought, had a very solid game, especially considering his first game being kind of rocky. Um, so I was actually uh, a little hopeful on the offensive line side. I thought Elijah Moore, like he, uh, I think every single person on Twitter has pointed out that he was open. Probably he's still oh. open somewhere. Oh my uh, gosh! On on virtually every single play because of that amazingly crisp route running. Um, I, I think those are my biggest uh, biggest points. But you know, just just the fact that the offensive line bounced back and didn't play like like complete crap. Um, they could have just had a mediocre day, and I would have been. A little hopeful, uh, and they did a little better than that. Yeah, I think um, you know McGovern. While he certainly got thrown to the ground a couple of times, in the end, he ended up having a, a decent day, as you said. I mean, Van Rutten, you know, was clearly the weak link there. I, I guess maybe some of the questions that I'm asking are: Did McGovern struggle because he was, uh, you know, trying to cover the sins of the guy on the line next to him, or I don't know. What do you what do you think there? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like most of the struggles I saw were uh, were, were people shooting the gaps in places where, where Van Roten really should have, uh, you know, there was just a break breakdown on his side. Um, and, and I think that's what created some of his leverage problems of, of you know, trying to trying to, to switch plants when, you know, he's already, you know, going going for his assignment. But uh, I, I'm sure that that has certain certain amount to, to, to do with it. But, you know, after him, you know, 
essentially blaming Kyle Wilson for the struggles on the first week and the way he played last year. I'm not willing to give him a pass on any of that. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm curious. I think I agree with most of those things and right. I, I liked what I saw. We definitely have to talk about some of the bad stuff. Uh, Josh, one of the places I want to start with is the offensive coordinator. And if you just had any specific thoughts there in terms of, I don't know what you're seeing so far from LaFleur and the type of system he's using or the players. I don't know if you had anything specific around LaFleur and, and what we've seen. Yeah. Or is this just a it's going to take time and we got to take our lumps here until he, you know, figures it out. He, here's what I'm most concerned with, guys. And, and I know Brian, Brian went on a, uh, a little bit of a on a little bit of a uh, tirade, a rant, a uh, Twitter, Twitter yeah. threading, a threading, mm-hmm. perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm concerned about our personnel choices at receiver. I think, uh, I think there's, there's something going on that we're not getting answers about with Denzel Mims, but listen, Braxton Berrios cannot be getting 11 targets. Like he just can't like we, if we're going to be a successful <laughs> football team, Braxton, yes. Tony Braxton Berrios cannot be leading the team in, in targets for us. Pretty concerned about that and why he's getting so much run. Um, but a lot of what LaFleur, LaFleur seems to be doing um, doesn't exactly yet mesh with the team that he has. Like it feels a little bit disconnected. It feels a little bit, uh, I don't know, like you, you had mentioned that it looks like he's trying to run a quasi Shanahan scheme. And at the same time, like maybe you don't have the exact personnel for some of that stuff. Um, I am, I am concerned that Matt LaFleur might not be the guy that maybe we thought Robert Sala thought that he was bringing in with him. So some concern there for sure. Um, most of, most of mine I'll save when we get to the, to the four interception talk, if we get there today, I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but um, there is definitely some cause for concern. The position that LaFleur is putting Zach Wilson in with an offensive line, that's not gelling yet um, to pull off things that are kind of impossible for any quarterback let alone the second game for this number two overall pick in, in last year's draft. So certainly concerned about LaFleur, concerned a little bit about the scheme um, and concerned about our personnel. I'm not sure if that covers everything that, you know, yeah. like sucks, but personnel scheme and coaching feels yeah. like probably not a good <laughs> combo for victory. No, no. And I think that's, that's a lot of what I, I worry about. And, you know, I, I certainly think they're trying to bring in a, Shanahan type system. And, you know, we can talk about Denzel Mims in a minute and, you know, there's all these kind of things around him. Uh, You know, I'm going to talk about it now. So my biggest problem with it, with the whole situation is this is a guy who was a second round pick a year ago. He's 210, 215 pounds. He's six foot two. He's a beast when, you know, he goes up to the point, um, you know, to the point of a attack point of attack or, you know, like the high, high pointing the ball. Um, I'm not saying he would have, made all of those catches. That's not what I'm trying to say, but he's certainly a dog. And like, I don't know why they're punishing him if he's just got a bad attitude, but you know, all the indications you look at what, you know, Brian Costello is putting on Twitter, you know, he had good weeks of practice, not sure why he didn't see the snaps. Like for some reason, there's something going on here, which we don't understand. We don't know about, but like this whole idea, there is this idea of like, Oh gee, well, he, maybe he's not a scheme fit. It's like, well, if Corey Davis is a scheme fit, then this guy's a scheme fit because they are almost carbon copies of each other um, in terms of, you know, size, aggressiveness, athleticism. Like I don't, there's no distinction. Certainly Corey Davis is a veteran, 
but like you can't tell me that you only want one Corey Davis out there, but we need, you know, we need Jeff Smith and we need Braxton Barrows and we need Elijah Moore out on the field at the same time. Like it just makes no sense to me. And so I see that. And then I see like, you know, the end of the game, they had 33 passes to 31 runs. Maybe the run count is as high as it is because they basically just are trying to get out of that game alive after, you know, four interceptions, but geez, like, I mean, what are we doing? You're playing from behind all game. Like, why are we playing a balanced attack? Throw the ball. Like they need to throw the ball. They need to throw it more. The problem is when you throw the ball, Zach Wilson isn't really helping them out by, you know, throwing into a lot of double triple coverages, all those plays. And sorry, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of myself. Here's, here's where you're right though. What's the, 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 the the common thread amongst Braxton Berrios, Elijah Moore, Jeff Smith, who made up 21 of those 32 passes, those pass attempts, those targets, mm. they're all tiny, skinny, yes. not Corey Davis, not Denzel Mims guys. I don't like if anything, you would hope that this morning and tomorrow, as Salah sits down with LaFleur and says, What are we doing personnel-wise, thinking about Denver this coming week? Hey, we gotta get guys out there that are gonna contend for these balls. Like Corey Davis shouldn't have half half the targets and less than Elijah Moore at this point in their careers, honestly, than Barrios and Elijah Moore. And so, you know, getting a guy like Denzel Mims on the field with Corey Davis with some passes that listen, aren't always going to be on target. There's a couple of bad decisions that, that Zach Wilson makes, but the, there's just, there's just things that a wide receiver who who's just going to go get the ball is going to do that. Jeff Smith physically cannot do. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand that whatsoever. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. You know, I, I think we see on the defensive side of the ball. We see a coaching staff and a head coach who wants his scheme to be molded to the players. And I'm just not seeing that on the offense. And so I'm just like, uh, I don't know, I'm dumbfounded by that. But I, I also understand that, you know, we are talking about a quarterback who has only played his second game uh, professionally. And so, so I'm trying to give grace uh, and I definitely want to do it. And I mean, let me be clear, like I like Zach Wilson, but like the worries that I had 
early, like are manifesting, right? Like, is this a player who understands NFL coverages and NFL windows of like what's open and what's not? And so, yeah, Travis, I'm definitely curious what you think. Like, I'll just lead it off and say, you know, I was, I was kind of ranting there for a minute. I, you know, lost my brain, but like when I you see Travis, yeah, I pulled a Travis, right? <laughs> exactly. When I see him throwing into, you know, like those tip passes, right? The first one, it's basically triple coverage. And if you look at the play, like there's two, at least two people who would be open. Like if he throws to the left side of the field, I can't remember who's running down left side of the field. That might've been Elijah Moore Elijah on the left Moore. side. Like it was going against Moore's route, but he, if he just throws it to the, like to the boundary, like Elijah Moore catches that and that's a touchdown. There was also like a, like a crosser, whether it was the, the tight end or the running back kind of coming across on the, you know, he would have only gotten four or five yards on that play. But like he was totally open on that play. And then you look at some of the other ones, like the one where it tipped off. Uh, I think it was the second Corey Davis one where it, it tipped mm-hmm. off his hands. And that's an unfortunate oh, yeah. situation. But again, like it was other more bracketed coverage. They were bracketing Corey Davis all day. And I understand why, you know, Barrios got the targets because they were bracketing Corey Davis. They were taking Corey Davis out of the game. That's what Bill Belichick's going to do. But like, when he still did throw it to him, he forced it in really bad situations where bad things could happen um, versus, you know, other players who were wide open on those plays. And so that's the question is, can he evolve his game? Can he look and realize, you know, when he watches the film, um, oh man, I had these, you know, these people open on those plays and I forced it. And so that's, you know, that's the stuff you can get away with at BYU and you just, you can't get away with that stuff in the NFL. So I don't know. What what other thoughts do we have about the bad stuff? I mean, I'm you know, trying to not be too hard on a guy who's only started his second game in the NFL. And you look at Fields, you look at, you know, some of the other quarterbacks, they've not necessarily outshone him. Um, but, uh, you know, he's got to get it get it right soon, I think. I, 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 Salah said it best. I mean, he's got to learn to play boring football. I mean, he mm-hmm. – a lot of that game, you know, it felt like he was trying to be the hero. And that's one of the things that – you know, I think he talked about so much leading into the season was that, you know, LaFleur's offense was going to be something to not put him in the position to try to uh, to have to be the hero all the time. Uh, and I get it. You know, it's not like we have the most skilled, you know, people at skill positions in the, in the league. But at the same time, you know, as you talked about, you know, if it's Croft or Carter or somebody on the backfield running a crossing route, it's, you know, I, I think it's the game just, you know, it's cliche, but the game does have to slow down for him a little bit because you, you, he is holding on to the ball too much. He is overthinking his throws. He is, you know, not taking his check downs. He's trying to wait for things to develop downfield that aren't going to develop. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's his biggest thing. He's, he's just not capitalizing on what's in front of him when he has it. And that was the biggest difference between him and Matt Jones in this game was Matt Jones, you know, check the ball down virtually every single play. Now, I mean, was that a Belichick design? Probably. I mean, that's, that really fits into his skill set. but at the same time, you're, you're giving him, you know, confidence and ability to build off something at that point. And I think right now, Wilson is just, he's, he's looking too far down the field the whole time, waiting for things to develop uh, a different kind of ghost. He's waiting for, for ghost plays to happen. He's waiting for people to get open that aren't going to get open. Um, and, and, you know, and I think that is, like you said, indicative of, of his college career, you know, when you're playing, you know, these, the, you know, 
again, I, I feel bad saying this, but like when, when you're at BYU and you're playing these scrub teams, your guys are going to, de- you know, get open. That play is going to develop downfield. Mm-hmm. But like when you've got Braxton Barrios out there, you know, and, and you're, 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 you're locking in on like your, your second read and not seeing the entire field. Yeah. You're going to end up, you know, throwing into some, some, some funky coverage and, and screwing things up. So I, I think that's his biggest thing. And, and I think the best thing that could have happened to him was having a, a four interception game like this. And, yeah. you know, nobody wants to, nobody wants that feeling. It really sucks that, you know, uh, you know, 52 guys had to go through that learning freaking, uh, that that yeah. learning lesson with him but at the same time you know it's that's one thing it's going to happen if he is going to get there well yeah and i i think the good thing is like he'll get not that i think the patriots are any great um you know run and pass you know or, you know defenses um you know they've they're they're okay i mean i think their their pass defense is probably much better than their run defense is um but you know they're going to play another mediocre so far you know, Denver, Denver team. I mean, they played really well yesterday. Um, so it, it's hard to know like which Denver team are we going to get? Um, but you know, I think they're better than, uh, they might not be as good as the Carolina Panthers are, but they're uh, maybe moderately better than new England is. So like, it's not going to be a let up right here in this, in this third game for him. So, so yeah, we need to see some adjustment. I hope, I hope he shows it uh, for, for his sake, for our sake, the rest of the team's sake. Um, I want to go back through the offense though, gentlemen, I know we've talked for a while here about them. I want us to go through with our grading. We haven't given any grades, so it's important. You know, this is a, a staple of every sports-based podcast or, you know, post-game show that that grades are are doled out and we're no different, right? We're, we gotta, we gotta, gotta pay the piper on these sort of things. So as we did last week, Travis, uh, we're going to give our grades. And so we'll do it on offense again this week. Maybe we'll see how the defense plays next week. They played really well this week, but I still want to do this. I'll do it for the, for the offense. So we're going to give our grades and these are golden girls. So you've got to give a specific offensive unit, one of the golden girls, or, you know, you can go wild card on me. That's fine. Um, but you've got to give them a grade of golden girls. So Josh, since you're the old hat here, I'm going to ask you to start. Why don't you start with the wide receiver group? this week who who or what is your grade for the wide receiver group this week a la golden girls Mm. so i would say you know our wide receiver group uh there's a particular hey i didn't realize that guy was still around um braxton (laughs) barrios jeff smith looking at you uh it didn't really ever feel good you never felt really good about it when they showed up, you were like, I just hope this doesn't get super weird. Um, I think our wide receivers this week, I'm going a little wild card. Stanley's a Bornak. <laughs> we're going Dorothy's, Stan. We're yeah, going Stan. The Dorothy's, old Herb Edelman role yeah. played played by Jeff Smith and Braxton Berrios this week. I don't know. What do you think? I, that's pretty good. It's just like, uh, yeah, out of nowhere, you know, steals the spotlight. Yeah. And then, you know, back into the abyss. Travis, if you were to give the wide receivers a grade of Golden Girls, who would you grade them as? 
You know, I actually, I was, I was thinking about uh, Stanley as well when you said uh, wide receivers, because again, it's, you're going through points and you're like, oh my God, not again. But then you're like, mm-hmm. okay. I mean, like uh, that, that was actually, that was, that was good. That was fun. You know, it, you know, they really did kind of ride the, the arc of Stanley of, of, uh, of, of what the fuck. And then into, uh, I'm tired of this. And then into, well, you know what? That was pretty good. Um, <laughs> All things considered, yeah. All All with Elijah considered. Moore essentially being the the good Stanley episodes, and then uh, you know, Corey Davis being the the early episodes or the the episodes focusing on why they got divorced, which are not very fun. I think I'm gonna give the wide receivers just a rose. Like I, they they didn't win the game, they didn't lose the game. They had some moments. Um, but it was kind of a neutral for me. And so I'm just going to let them slide with a rose. All right, Travis, running backs. How would you grade the running back group on a scale of one to Dorothy? I don't know, or whatever. <laughs> How does this work? I'm, I'm, go- I'm going Sophia for the uh, running yes. backs. They were, uh, they were a little surly. You know, they got some hard-nosed yards. They, uh, they kept us in the game the entire time. They were, you know – the biggest part of, I think, our longest drives of the day. You know, they, uh, if anyone was, was, uh, forcing their will on anyone, it was the running back, which, uh, Sophia is, is more than notorious for. <laughs> That's such a great line. <laughs> uh, do you, do you gonna, agree? I'm, yeah, I'm going Sophia as well. Um, mostly because, you know, everybody wants to be a Blanche, nobody wants to be Sophia. Uh, and these, <laughs> these running backs all want to be Blanche. They want to be flashy at the end of the day, just hit your mark, get, get, get the yards, get up and run the next play. Uh, which to me is just when I, when I think of Sophia, it's just, I know it's coming. It's going to make me laugh, play the hits, get your one liner in and get out. Uh, yep. that's, that's, that's what our running backs were on Sunday. Uh, the Sophia's of, of the group. I don't know if any of the running backs had um, glasses with uh, like the ropes or chains attached to them to make sure they didn't misplace their glasses, but uh, but I'll keep an eye out for that next I, week. I kind of want to. Uh, I kind of want to send one to uh, Michael Carter that says, uh, <laughs> "Picture it, Sicily." <laughs> uh, so, uh, what would I grade them? Mm, I think I'm going to give them. Yeah, I'll give them a Sophia too. I think that's I think that's right. They're a little saucy. Hit their marks when they you know got the yards that were blocked for them. Um, got got a couple you know caught a couple passes. It's weird though because like there's no one person that really dominates this group. Like we get a little tie, we get a little Tevin. Not so much this week. We get a little Michael Carter. I think Carter certainly could be could emerge in the next couple of weeks as the starter. But it looks like it's between Ty and Michael Carter right now. Um, all right, so we'll go, we'll go with the offensive line, Travis, on a scale of one to, yeah, Stanley, what, how was your offensive line this week? Complete Rose Island. I'm, I'm not sure they knew what they were doing out there. It didn't look like it at all points, but at the, at the end of the day, you know, it, it came out roses. God, that was fucking Wow. Weird. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been on a real dad, I've been on a real dad joke kick lately. That's uh, <laughs> good. It's good. Uh, or I'm going to call them uncle jokes. Uh, no, like I've, I've, I've got to go Rose. I mean, they were, they were, uh, it was surprising how, how 
much they impacted the game to me. I really thought that they were going to be the one to bring it down, which I know everybody loves Rose, but like Rose is the one that always brings it down for me in, in some <laughs> of the shows. Um, I love Betty White to death. Yeah. Not, not talking any shit, but, uh, you know, I really expected that to happen. So it was kind of, you know, they, they had an entire game of just a montage of St. Olaf stories. It was just, you know, <laughs> quixotically good. Fair. All right, uh, Josh, what, what do you say? What do you say? Josh, we keep, we keep doing this. I, we were doing this last crossing week. Streams. I'm, I'm, crossing, streams. crossing streams. I think we're all in alignment here. So I, Rose Nyland, our Rose Nyland offensive line this week, I feel like, I feel like there, there were, there were things they did that surprised me a little bit and like a little bit, not super frustrated. I feel like, uh, Vera Tucker, uh, just in some ways personifies a lot of Rosen Island. Uh, and I think, I think there's, yeah, I think you always need the ones that are going to, we said this last week, you're going to just kind of play it straight and be a little bit of like the comic relief, but at some points do a different kind of style of comedy. And so, uh, yeah, I'll give, I'll give, I'll give our offensive line a, a Rose grade this week as well. I, I will def- I will um, disagree with you all. I think this was a Dorothy week. Not that Ooh. Dorothy's off, off, often, oh, wow. off, often caustic and biting, clearly, but also is the most grounded person in the whole show, right? Mm-hmm. And so I would say I think the offensive line had the most grounded uh, play this week. And so that's for that reason, that's why I'm giving them a Dorothy. Um, all right, this brings us to the one that everybody cares about. Uh, Josh, I'm going to start with you. Mm. I want to know from you, what grade would you give the quarterback play from the New York Jets on a scale of one to Golden Girls? To, to, to Eagles, uh, whatever, Eagles Nest or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, I think it's, it's pretty easy to see. This week we had someone that was sh- always shooting for the stars, going for the big laugh. Going for the going for probably a little going a little bit too close to the sun. Mm. Um, got burnt a couple times, and uh, someone who is not unfamiliar with how hot the sun can be, growing up in the beautiful deep south of America, one Blanche Devereaux. Yeah, Blanche oh, Devereaux Wilson is. You can't is, do uh, that to me. I she gave was- Zach. <laughs> I gave I gave Zach a solid. I mean, maybe the highest, most easily. Uh, translatable stats this week into a Blanche Devereaux stat line for sure. All, all we walked away with was a, a dose of penicillin, right? That's all we got. <laughs> yeah. uh, Travis, what would, what would you say? Was, did he steal your grade or, or what would you? Nope. nope. Okay. Go definitely, ahead. Definitely not cross the streams on this one. Uh, I'm giving him a Charlie Nyland grade. Um, <laughs> okay. He was, he was a big old no show and all he did was make me sad. Um, <laughs> made me sad because I cared, you know, like the whole, that whole, whole performance was like that episode of flashbacks where, where Rose is making the cake the year after Charlie's dead and talking to the cake because, because Charlie's not there. That, that's what it was for me. It was, this is amazing. It's like a waiting for Godot. So it's like a, like, <laughs> I don't know that I know this episode. It's like a waiting for Godot and Rose is talking to a cake. Well, it? no, no, it's like it's 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 a uh, it's one of the montage, uh, you know, uh, clip clip shows that they did that, you know, mm. the clips weren't in any of the existing episodes. Uh, right. And it was so good how they all kind of came together. And 
Rose is how I met your mother's like situation. Last, uh, it, was, it was, I think it was one of the Christmas episodes. It was her, her uh, it was her last birthday or Christmas. I can't remember which one, uh, in St. Olaf. And, uh, she comes down and she has the birthday cake and Charlie's place set and everything. And she's talking to uh, Charlie's place setting as if he was there and talking to the cake. And it's just, it's just really, really oh, sad. Super and that's, that's the closest we ever get to meeting Charlie. Do, and uh, oh. Do we and know that was, if that was what that performance was for me? It was a big old no show of sadness. <laughs> Do we, what's the, what's the family wealth that Charlie had? I feel like there was like a family wealth aspect to him. Do we know of Zach Wilson? I mean, you know, we know probably more about his family that we care to care to know about. Uh, I'm going to say like it was, was Piedmont Airlines. It was. Wow. I'm making that up, but just because of the jet. It was San, Sandpiper Air. Oh wait, that was Sand- Wings. Sorry, wrong, wrong <laughs> show. No, Air. Charlie Nyland came from money. There was money. I'm going to Google this while we're talking about it. Oh man. Well, the only thing I know is it says I'm looking on the fandom page, and it says. There was some sort of insurance policy thing. There was an insurance policy thing, but I thought I thought he saw tile grouters. Tile oh. grouters. They, they had money from the tile grouters. Tile grouters. Okay. Oh well, yeah, that's right. All it said is it doesn't cover acts of swine. Whatever whatever happened for this insurance policy it Dude, didn't cover. Acts of swine. You never know what's going to happen. So my my grade would be. You can get your, your slurgan kurgan yeah. stuck in a garden like. <laughs> my 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 grade would be Blanche, and I think for a lot of the same reasons uh, that Josh gave, because he wasn't in on the joke, he he saw himself as this hero, and mm-hmm. all he did was just like make life more miserable for people around him, and so so for those reasons, I think that's why I would have to give him a, a Blanche, and like. Yeah, I I just the the thing that really bothered me, and I'm I don't want to get into like a PR thing, but like in the post game, I don't know if you guys watched his post game, and he's like, yeah, we 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 we, and I was just like, dude, yeah. you threw those picks, you threw them into triple coverage, like don't don't talk about we, like there's times for we's, this is not a we time, this is an I time, that mm. like please don't talk about we, and so like mm. I, I, that bothered me, but. Um, and so for that reason, I, I give him a big fat Blanche. Um, so, all right, we're, we're coming to the end here. I, I have to know before we go, we're, it's a ways out to Denver, but the jets now after going on two, are going to be heading out to Denver to fake, to, to, to take on Vic Fangio and, uh, and Teddy Bridgewater, uh, who had a great game on Sunday, um, taking care of the football defense played well, uh, Cortland Sutton had a big game. When I look at this Denver team, though, they've beaten the Giants and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I guess my question is, but now let's be real. The Jets have lost two two mediocre teams themselves. So, like, I don't know. When, when you think about what's coming up this week, Josh, any specific things you're thinking about or worried about or, you know, going to keep you yeah, up? Yeah, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is, he's just like, he's going to be underrated and rightfully so for most of his career because he's never been the guy in an offense. I know he's, he's gone around the league and everywhere he's gone, he's mostly succeeded in the roles he's been given. Um, I'm, I am concerned. I mean, Cortland Sutton went off yesterday. He and Bridgeport really seem like they have a rapport. I am a little concerned. This will be a good test from a wide receiver perspective um, for this young secondary. I don't think there was anybody in Carolina um, Robbie Anderson included or, um, uh, or new England that really concerned me from like a wide receiver perspective. Tim Patrick looks like he's really good. Um, this could be a game where there's just a lot 
of a lot of intricate route running that is going to test the secondary. So mm -hmm. to me, that seems like the place, you know, if we can get pressure on, on Teddy Bridgewater, obviously that'll change some stuff, but I am concerned about our secondary. This is going to be a pretty good test to actually get a sense of where they're at. Um, that's, that's one. Um, and then, man, I do want to still see, I want to see if we go to more of a 55%, maybe 60% share for our running game. That seems like in small, um, not small, but in, in even, um, ratio with our passing game. I want to see if we can get this run going against a Denver defense that is not as good as it used to be. Mm. Um, you know, uh, up front, Von Miller's on the yeah. other side of his Hall of Fame career. So, you know, I do feel like there's there's yards to be gained in the running game. So I want to see if we can run the ball and I want to see if we can contain their their uh, their receiving core. Travis, any thoughts about Denver and the Jets uh, week three matchup against them? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think Josh had the most uh, probably the scariest part of their offense is that uh, I, I think on field chemistry between uh, Bridgewater and Sutton. Now that's uh, mm. probably the thing that scares me the most. But you know, again, I've I've rolled into every single game since since he was drafted as as a uh, an ardent uh, supporter of of Mr. Hall, and I, I think he's going to lock that down. And uh, you know, my worries are more you know kind of the over the middle passes, the middle of the field. C.J. Mosley's playing great. Uh, mm -hmm. the, I think uh, that first game they had him rushing uh, way more than they should have. And he was dropping back a little more to coverage this time, which is absolutely his sweet spot. And I think uh, uh, hopefully that'll, that'll mask a little bit of our deficiencies at, uh, at safety. But, you know, I, I, I'm a little more hopeful going into this game than I was the first two, because as you said, they've beaten two, two very unimpressive teams. Uh, uh, not that we are, Horribly impressive, impressive, but, you know, uh, <laughs> right. um, you know, I, I, I right. still have a little bit of hope uh, going into that. And I, I think that's the, the scariest thing to me on, on, uh, on, on the Broncos. Yeah. I think it's going to be really fun to watch. I, I think Cortland Sutton's a great player. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch how the Jets secondary match up against him. Do they, you know, shadow coverage him? Do they, do they pass him off? Do they bracket him? What, what are they going to do um, to take, their best, you know, their best wide receiver out of the game. They still have Noah Fant. They still have Melvin Gordon, whatever, whatever he is left, and Javante Williams in the backfield. So they they have a good offensive group. Certainly not a great one, but right, like one that's like kind of like what we saw this past week, um, but with upgrades at positions. You know, a veteran quarterback. Um, you know, young playmaking receivers that are very talented, uh, unlike the New England Patriots. Uh, in, in Cortland Sutton and, you know, with Jerry Judy out of the game, that's, you know, more, more than likely that's going to be good for the Jets. But then right on the other side of the ball, good defense, certainly not as good up the front as they as they used to be, but, you know, solid secondary. So Zach Wilson's going to have to play some boring football, as you said. Well, that's about it for today. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure to rate and review. Gentlemen, I want you to know that you are my Bridget Nyland and my Gunilla Nylons. So thank Ooh. you very much. Have a great there you week. Go. Any parting words of wisdom, Travis? Sorry for being the Charlie Nylon last week uh, mm. and, and being the, the non-existent. Uh, you were just, we were just talking to a cake. Word. We were given the cake. At, we were doing impressions of what we thought the cake would say back to us. I just remember so that there was an episode we did like uh, like a year ago where I was in the I, I was eating cheesecake with car. my hands in a Walmart car oh. in a car. Yeah, I remember that. That's totally it was rough times. That. I mean, that, that was, was 
the Adam Gase experience. Yeah, that yep, was that rock was bottom. Gase, Gase world. Uh, Somebody was in a diaper or something next to you? or I feel Oh, like yeah, that's... that was when the old lady dropped the diaper. Yeah, man, that was a yeah. bad day all around. It was a tough Ooh. day. All right. It feels well, like I, you probably I, lost to the Patriots by 35 because Adam Gase sucked. All right. yep, well, yep, there you go. Well, we wish you many orders of Little cheesy Caesars bread. cheesy bread as your heart's desire. All right, everybody. With no, with no fights. With no fights. All right, have a good week, everybody. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.